0: That's some good overtime music. Welcome in to OT here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. We're inside the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Matt Taylor here, Lara Overton, J.J. Stangovitz. We're recapping the first week of NFL free agency for the Indianapolis Colts. We're talking to you about noon Eastern time on Friday. Obviously, free agency is ongoing, so if things change or news breaks, now you know why if we're a little bit late on things. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way, hey, guys. This, How's we, how, how we doing? This Happy is great. Happy
1: 317 Day.
2: It's St. It's Patrick's Day, yet I'm wearing my 317 t-shirt, available in the Colts Pro Shop. Yeah, I brought both. Lara, Lara is wearing red on St. Patrick's
0: Day. Yeah, Kiss. I brought both.
1: Yeah, I, IU in the NCAA tournament supersedes everything. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, look at you! You're covering yeah. all your bases. I you're, came.
0: I, I didn't know what the the temperature in the I'm, studio, I, by I, the, well, the way, is always fluctuating. Yeah. So I brought long sleeve, short sleeve, and hoodie. You're
1: ready for all situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a true Hoosier. Uh, I am not Irish. I am very much a Hoosier. So I'm just leaning into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you like St.
1: Patrick's Day as a holiday? It's fine. Like I'm. I'm wait, wait 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 fine. wait wait wait. You think don't
2: think a... anything is fine? Well, come I mean, on. You it's... are
0: you are the most opinionated person I know. So come <laughs> I've come, come, come down. That, that was not that. said. like a compliment. <laughs> come <laughs> top rope on on St. Patty's Day.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I mean
0: it's. You it's... have to have a take.
1: Um- <laughs> I feel is this the time for that? Is it this what we're doing I, on this show? Is, like,
0: I don't know, but I guess with the last name I guess last name Stangavitz, JJ, you're not a big St. Paddy's guy.
2: Yeah, but I went on I went on my honeymoon in Ireland and fell in love with the country, so big St. Paddy's right. guy now. Okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well I mean,
1: I'm all for everyone just having a good time and celebrating that's what it and, and by So yeah, sure. It's one of
0: the good but, time uh, days of the year. But I'm not
1: going to like I'm not going to make a big ordeal out of it. If you're a big St. Patty's Day person, oh yeah, all for it. Yeah, so yeah, high fives and go out and you know right. g- kiss the blarney stone, or- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the mistletoe. <laughs> We're confusing some things I here. I said blarney well, that's stone. That's I know, that's a I thing. know, I know, I know. Get your sh- like, you Don't kiss under on? a stone; it would J- just fall on
1: your
2: head. Yeah,
0: Lair's going to get pinched today <laughs> because she's wearing Your red on St. Patrick's Day. That's if all you right. Pinch me, I will punch. Notre Dame, you. Dame, Notre Dame, not in action this afternoon in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. All right, let's get let's get to it. Wrap fire on free agency. A lot to cover here. Let's start first with quarterback, right? We always hear that quarterback is the most important position in all of football. The Colts have now agreed to terms. It was uh, it was official as a couple of minutes ago before we hit the record button on this podcast. Gardner Minshew in the fold, spent the last two years, Lara, with the Eagles, with Shane Steichen, backing up Jalen Hurts. He's made 24 career starts in the NFL, 20 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner, as we know, a couple of wins against the Indianapolis Colts. What do you make of this move on the surface, and, and what does it tell you about where the Colts are at and where they're headed with the quarterback position the rest of this offseason. I think
1: it's a very safe move because you have the familiarity with Shane Steichen that you're able to bring a guy in who already knows the system that Shane is going to be building here. And it's not a terribly expensive contract for a quarterback. You're able to get him for a pretty good deal. And then he also knows the division. And Mm -hmm. he is a quarterback that you get the sense of, If he's in a position to start, he's going to embrace that, lean into it, maximize it. But if he's also in a position to help be a guy to be the veteran in a room with a rookie quarterback. He's going to help that guy learn and help groom that guy and help that guy get up to speed to be a starter in the NFL. What we hear from him or what we hear from guys who have played with him, excuse me, he's always that consummate teammate. Like he's a huge hype guy. He is just as authentic as what you see. Tons of personality. He's a, he's a character. He's a great locker room guy. So I think that this is a really good piece for this offense to bring in a bit of that that veteran presence yeah. and experience into the quarterback room.
2: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. That if you need him to start, he can start. Yeah. He can win you some games. I mean, he went six and six as a rookie with the Jaguars as a six-round pick. He, you trust him to go out there and be a, a solid quarterback. He has mobility as a veteran he, right, quarterback. He can he can be mobile. But if he is a backup to a rookie quarterback, he can also kind of act as that translator for Shane Steichen. I think this is yeah. a really important for the thing whole that he team for the rest of the right? offense. Like. Yeah you know sometimes there might be something that shane says with a concept as he's you know you're going through installs or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know if a play if a player might have a question about hey you know what did he really mean by that you can go to gardner Minshew, and gardner Minshew can tell you because he's gone through two years of this with shane steichen having that player i think is really important especially with a young quarterback where just to be able to bounce ideas off of each other that's something I, i asked gardner about when we had him here in studio which is like is that something you love about the game and he said you know you In a quarterback room, you have all these guys who have been coached by different people, and they have different perspectives and experiences, and you can just kind of talk ball and just bounce stuff off each other. Having him as a voice in that room, uh, you know, he's he's only been in the league for four years, but you view him as a veteran. I think that is a, a really key thing for the Colts in whatever direction they wind up going.
0: Yeah. All right, bouncing around a little bit. Uh, Also, Taven Bryan reportedly, nothing official from the Colts on the Taven Bryan move just as of yet, uh, but reportedly the Colts and Taven Bryan agreeing on a deal. Uh, ESPN the first to report that. 16-game starter last year with the Browns, former Jacksonville Jaguar first-round pick in 2018. Elsewhere, the Colts this week have re-signed some of their own. Linebacker E.J. Spee, defensive lineman Tyquan Lewis, and cornerback Tony Brown. Those moves have been made official by the Colts, so that's good to go as far as how we're speaking in terms of that. We know about Taquan Lewis and his injury with the Patella. Tony Brown, great special teams player. I don't know if it changes where you're at in terms of adding quarterback depth. He only played in nine snaps on defense last year for the Colts. But with EJ's speed, Coming back, Lara, Bobby Okereke leaves the team in free agency. We'll talk about that. How imperative was it for Speed to come back and ink another contract?
1: I think it was critical. When you look at the lineup of the guys who you have, obviously, with Sire Franklin and, and Shaq Leonard being the pillars of your linebacker room, but EJ has situationally been a factor for you, also a core special teams player, you know, since he walked into the building. So I think it was pretty significant because each and every chance that he has gotten an opportunity, he has been impactful in those situations. And, you know, you need some depth uh, in that area as Shaq progresses back from you know his latest procedure. He seems like he is right on track with where he wants to be in terms of his rehab and recovery, that he'll be good to go by the time the season starts. But I do think that EJ is a really important piece both to the defense and to special teams contribution yeah
2: Yeah, I mean EJ led the team in special team snaps in 2022 and then you know when the Colts were in their base 4-3 the EJ was the third linebacker on the field and you would expect that to remain the same with Shaq Zaire probably the, the two linebackers will be on the field the most uh in Gus Bradley's defense but when you are in base you're not in nickel you're probably going to see EJ out there and then him being a a key special teamer. I mean, I think he played 384 snaps on special teams last year. Like He does literally everything for you. Mm -hmm. Just the kind of guy that Brian Mason can build those units around this year. I
1: also think if there's a little bit of concern or if you're going to be you know, a little bit conservative with Shaq going into the year, Shaq and EJ can kind of trade off in that position. Shaq isn't on any kind of Mm -hmm. a, a pitch count. You have the reassurance of having EJ who can step right in as we have Seen when right. Shaq's been out with injuries in, the, pra- in yeah, the past. That's what we said.
0: I mean, this is sort of the same contract in the vein of Isaiah Franklin. Not obviously financials and terms, but if he if he needs to continue to rehab and continue to play it safe with that injury and having two surgeries in six months EJ speed can play mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how good EJ speed can be if he played 70 snaps per game like Zaire Franklin I, got the I mean, opportunity to do last year
2: look look at I, I think pro football focus his run defense rating was top 10 among linebackers mm-hmm. last year he had seven tackles for a loss playing like 20 percent of the Colts defensive snaps like he's a good player
0: No doubt about it. So elsewhere uh, with in-house reports, those guys that we just talked about, they're coming back officially. Report out there Ashton Doolin has reportedly signed a deal to come back to the Colts. That was reported by the NFL Network. That's another guy in terms of value, offense and defense, uh, or excuse me, special teams, uh, offense and special teams. You know, second team all-pro guy in 2021 on special teams and has racked up 35 tackles in four seasons. Uh, But let's talk about... Some guys that are exiting the building first in a trade: Stephon Gilmore uh, traded to the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> excuse me for a fifth-round compensatory pick uh, in the upcoming uh, April draft by the Colts. And listen, no matter what you say about Stephon Gilmore and and where he came from and how old he is, he was one of the best players for the Colts. On their entire roster last year, regardless of what side of the football, he made some game-changing plays, some game-sealing plays. Um, with that, uh, from a contract standpoint, he frees up about $9.9 million in space under the salary cap. JJ, why did the Colts entertain this idea and ultimately pull the trigger trading one of their best players on defense under Gus Bradley to the Cowboys? And, and challenging some of that depth they have in their secondary right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at it a couple of ways, and, and one of those ways would be that Stefan Gilmore was kind of a, a, a leftover from a different plan for this roster. The, the Colts are a veteran-heavy defense last year, and, you know, figuring that with Matt Ryan coming in, you get some vets over there, you know, Unique and Gakwe, guys like that, that you can... You can have a really solid defense and with an offense that's not going to turn the ball over and it's going to be efficient, you can go make some noise in the playoffs. That obviously didn't happen. Now you're kind of turning this team, the Colts are going to be a young team in 2023. You look at some of the free agent signings the Colts are having, and, you know, guys who will get to uh you know, like Samson, uh, Ebicom and Taven Bryan, like these are young players who are coming in. Yeah. Um this is not going to be a necessarily a veteran heavy roster with guys who are pushing 30 because you think you can go win right now the colts think they can contend absolutely but you go get those 30 year old guys the stefan gilmore's the matt ryans of the world when you're you're thinking all right we we have a window that's open right now let's go push it you go get these young guys you hope that window opens this year but yeah i think gilmore probably just a leftover of last year's roster building plan Yeah, and I had a lot of people asking me, how oh, could you only get a fifth-round pick? Stephon Gilmore is so good. Yes, Stefan Gilmore is still very good at football, but he's a 32-year-old cornerback who has one year left on his contract. In reality, if the Colts kept Stefan Gilmore and then let him walk in free agency in 2024... It's probably the range you're in, right? Best case is you're probably going to get a fifth-round comp pick. Best case. You, you you might even be looking at less, you know, sixth, seventh rounds. So... Mm-hmm. You, you trade him a year before he hits free agency, you get a fifth-round pick, you now have nine picks in the draft, you can get younger and continue to get younger. Um, it's It sucks losing Gilly, because he's such a pro, he's such a good player, a guy I know we all liked independently ta- chatting with, talking to in the locker room, uh, and just picking his brain on stuff, but... Um, from his perspective, too, he gets to go play for the Cowboys, the team that won 12 yeah. games last year and is going to be right there as a contender in the NFC. So good for him in, in that regard as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, elsewhere with with guys leaving, we we all thought that it might be a strong possibility Matt Ryan would get released. That's exactly what happened. So today was kind of the day as we sit here and tape this right now, March 17th. Um, that eliminates the possibility of any cap savings for the Colts due to count 35.2 against the cap. Now the Colts are going to carry 18 in dead money to account for the guaranteed portion of his contract and also get 17.2 mil in cap savings there. So that's sort of the financials of this, and everybody saw it coming, Lara, but in one year for Matt Ryan, what what did you take in terms of his professionalism and the way he carried himself?
1: I don't know that that there's a better guy in the league in terms of how he handled everything that was thrown at him. I'm not sure that there's anyone who has exuded more class and more professionalism and been a greater example for the other guys in the locker room of how you conduct yourself over the course of, of a career uh, when things are going great and when things are difficult. And I, I said it time and time again, man, you know, I wish we'd had Matt Ryan five years ago. I wish we'd been able to have him for an extended period of time earlier with, you know, more around him. Mm-hmm. Um, for both so, sides, for absolutely. him and his
0: career, and, and obviously where the Colts exactly. were at.
1: So it's a really unfortunate way that things ended right. with Matt Ryan just having the single year here. And this is certainly not the way Matt envisioned it. It's not the way the franchise envisioned it. But it's one of those, um, you know, it's it's not you, it's me, you know, situations here where <laughs> the, the old, you are just got to go separate ways. And I think for Matt, he... I would love to see him have the opportunity to go elsewhere. I do think he still has, you know, game left in him. He has the ability in the right fit to Mm -hmm. be an effective quarterback in the NFL. Um, Unfortunately, it's just a single season, and that's kind of been what we've become used to around here of late is one year of Phillip Rivers, one year of Carson Wentz, one year of Matt Ryan, and just not being able – to have that continuity season over yep. season that you ideally would have liked to have had with these guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't, can't say enough of the, the class education I got on to, you know, how to, how to be a great person, how to be a great teammate, how to carry yourself with a lot of dignity, which he did, obviously, being benched there and going through the sh- shoulder injury and just handling himself just with a ton of well, professionalism.
2: I mean, the, the day after – or the day he got be- – you know, day after, two days after he got benched. Um, where he stood in the locker room, and right. he, he took questions from the media. Right. Matt Ryan didn't have to do that. Matt right. Ryan doesn't. He didn't know anything to Indianapolis, right? the he didn't have to, to have to even show up to the team. He doesn't. He didn't know anything to this organization that he had been with for a couple of months. You know, if it were the Falcons, it would have been like, yeah, well, you know, you've been there for 15 years. But that's just. But that's just the kind of person and professional that Matt Ryan is. That like there was no doubt I, he's going to take questions. He's going to show up. He's going to support Sam mm-hmm. Um I think you're right, Matey. I think we all learned a lot from Matt Ryan on how to just handle yourself and to conduct yourself in some really tough moments.
1: Matt Ryan's, like, top of the list of, like, among guys who I've worked with that I would love to, like, you know – play around to golf with and share he'll some beers butt, you know golf. like but you know what i mean like that's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's one of those guys you just genuinely want to hang out with him because yeah. he's so cool he's just a dude he's so great even if even if he didn't play he's football life here. got figured out well, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. all about perspective
0: right keeping yeah. things uh in, in the right light in the right vein all the time so that's
2: why he'll be good if he goes to cbs yeah yeah, He'll be I, very good on TV. He's
0: trending that way. All right, let's go quickly here, wrapping things up. Samson, excuse me, Samson Abukem signed. Reportedly, ESPN was the first to have this. Spent the last two years with the 49ers, Has played with the Rams. Really consistent. Uh, He's racked up at least four-and-a-half sacks in each of the last four seasons, including nine-and-a-half the last couple of years with the 49ers playing opposite of uh, Nick Bosa. JJ, what do you make of this move, bringing in the veteran defensive end? That's the first part of it, the first layer. Second layer is, does this sort of signify where the Colts are at with the belief in Pay, more belief in Dio Dengbo, and is this going to make it tough for the Colts to also Entertain the idea of bringing back Unique and Gakway in free agency.
2: Yeah, the the first part about that, I, I think it probably makes it tough to bring back Unique unless it's on a shorter deal, uh, maybe more of a, a prove it type thing. Um, but you know, as it relates to the rest of the D line, I, I think you know you look at Quiddy and you look at Dio as guys who could who could be starters this year. But Aboukam coming in, th- this guy you have a rotation at D end. This guy's going to play a lot of snaps for the Colts this year, whether he is a starter or not, coming in. And it's notable that he's coming from San Francisco, which plays the same attack front that the Colts play with their their four down linemen. And he's got some upside to him. I mean, you look at the sack numbers, and maybe you're not like, ah, uh, you know, he's you know five sacks career high. But this guy disrupts the passer at a pretty pretty good rate. Um, I think if you look at his pass rush productivity, he was actually a little bit higher than Yannick Ngakwe's. Even mm-hmm. though Yann had those, you know, nine and a half sacks, almost double what Kam had. Um, you know, I, I like it. It's a guy as a pro's been in some good fronts. He played for the Rams for four years. Played for the Niners now. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, he's played for some good defensive line coaches. Chris Kasurick in, in San Francisco is top of the line among D line coaches. Nate Ali's a pretty good one here in Indianapolis too. Um, this is this is a solid move. And a guy who you just you know you can trust out there. And if Quiddy and Dio both pop this year and Abu Cam's the first guy into the rotation off the bench, then yeah. that's great. But if, Either if one of them needs. Either if, way. Right. But if you need him to start 17 <clears throat> games, you trust that he's going to go out there. He's going to play well against the run. He's going to get after the passer a little bit. And you, you're not going to have to worry about that other DN spot.
0: Yeah. I was a big proponent of bringing in a veteran pass rusher, whether that was Ngakwe or somebody else. So. Really like this move as those guys continue to grow, pay, and a dang bow. Neither guy has flirted with being a 10-sack-a-season a type player. And also what I love about Abukum, he's only missed two games in his career. So it's kind of like Ngakwe in that regard. He's always available. He's really durable. You can count on him every Sunday. Lara, let's go back to Monday afternoon, I think it was, the first reports of Matt Gay coming in, Colts kicker. Everybody was kind of waiting and watching and hoping the Colts would be active in free agency. And boom, there they are, big time from a contract standpoint. But it's for a kicker when also in the mix uh, in their free agency class in-house, they've got Chase McLaughlin, who was 30 for 36 last year, really good from distance but they make a splash bringing in a weapon and Matt Gay. How surprised were you with that, and, and what do you make of that decision?
1: I was just a little bit surprised that maybe this was the first domino that fell in the whole conversation was big free agency move. Bam! Yeah, biggest contract for a kicker that we have seen, and that's the direction that you're going because the Colts have tended to be a bit more conservative in that regard, both in free agency and in paying kickers, but – When you look to, the Colts have not had reliability necessarily season over season at the kicking position since Adam Vinatieri. Since
0: 19. It was Mm -hmm. an area
1: of priority that you shore up that position and you bring in a guy who is proven. I mean, a Super Bowl winning kicker, that's huge on your resume. So there's really nothing he hasn't endured or hasn't faced in his career. I was a little surprised that you didn't bring Chase back but I think that there is a little bit of some hesitation in that you had Rodrigo Blankenship. He showed you that there were Some areas, some voids in his game, but you kind of sold yourself on him and convinced yourself, ah, we'll bring him back. Maybe he's the best option, and, you know, it works within the salary cap and all the budget and everything. So I almost feel like that the Colts are like, we could have convinced ourselves to stick with Chase McLaughlin, and that would have been the safe move, but are we really going after – our best option, and they decided to get aggressive with the signing of Matt Gay. And walking in the door, he seems like a guy who's really excited about this opportunity and who will be a significant contributor.
0: Yeah, I, I think some people sort of had the same reaction as you on Monday. You know, I, I've always said kickers got to be one of your best players. The kicker's got to be among your top ten most valuable weapons. I mean, all of these games in the AFC come down to the wire. They come down to the last four minutes and seemingly they're all, you know, one-possession games, I, I think kicker's got to be one of your most most reliable, one of those positions that you have to count on the, the most. and
1: Justin Tucker. Right. Like all of these the games come example. down to
0: huge <laughs> clutch nice. kick moments, for sure. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised when you kind of think about it in, in those uh, terms. Um, we talked about Bobby O'Kareké okay, leaving the team. Good on him. He goes to the New York Giants. And Brandon Faison is headed back to the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. No longer with Gus Bradley in the fold, but he does go back to a familiar situation. Uh, both of you want to weigh in on Paris Campbell. How surprised were you that that Paris left the team? And then where does this leave the Colts' wide receiver core, J.J., as they are down a uh, a big production unit, key cog, from last year anyways?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it first of all, on a personal level, um, uh, it sucks to see Paris go because, I mean, you talk about a stand-up dude in that locker room. Yeah. Um, a guy who would always face the music after pretty some pretty rough games this year, and would always answer your questions honestly and mm-hmm. with the insight. Uh, that was Paris Campbell. So you know we're gonna miss him here on the media side, and certainly as a player. I mean you know guy he played 900 snaps last year for the Colts on offense. That's a lot of snaps. Now you have to fill in, um, but you, you have to take into account it's a new coaching staff that may have a new offensive scheme, that does have a new offensive scheme, and does Paris Campbell fit that? I think, you know, if you look at him signing for the Giants for a relatively low monetary figure, I think there are a lot of incentives built in, it probably tells you that the the Colts maybe didn't see as much of a role for Paris in the offense this year as they did last year, and that's okay. That's okay that you have a new coaching staff in that's going to implement a new offense, and... Maybe you want something different out of that third receiver, uh, you know, outside of Pittman and Pierce. So, uh, you know, happy for Paris that he got the opportunity in New York. It's a good place to go with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Uh, you know, some good yak opportunities in that Brian Dable offense there. And, um, you know, again, it on a personal level, hate to see him go, but uh, professionally happy for him and, and hope he does really well in New York.
0: Larry, he had, I mean, just from a factual standpoint, six quarterbacks, Three offensive coordinators, two head coaches, plus all the injuries. So I think we were just scratching the surface on who and what Paris Campbell could be. But, yeah, like I agree with J.J. It's tough to see him go because I I thought he was – I was really happy for him on a personal level. He played 17 games last year and able to continue his NFL journey, albeit not with the Colts.
1: Y'all, I'm just emerging from my darkness retreat that has been the beginning of free agency <laughs> and this trade period between No electricity, huh? I mean, huh? this is this is the dark period. Uh just between losing Paris and Gilly and Bobby, who were really go-to guys for for me from a reporting standpoint and, and interviews and all of that. Um uh, so I'm I'm coping with it. I'm, I'm there, you know. Uh, but uh for Paris in in talking with him and having a conversation with him yesterday this is a really exciting opportunity for him he was so proud that he was able to put together a healthy season last year i think there is massive upside for new york and the fact that he reunites with mike grow i think is major his former wide receiver coach here with indianapolis mike grow is fantastic and has great investment and great belief And what Paris is able to do, this is a really exciting opportunity for him. Uh, Truly one of the best guys that there is. And um, just really you got to see so much of that last year, what the Colts saw when they drafted him. And I do think that New York is going to be a situation where they're able to maximize it. Because I think some of the chatter of, you know, can he stay healthy and all of that was squashed a bit because of what he was able to do last season. I am a little bit concerned, though, with the youth of the wide receiver room because Paris just brought so much wisdom and so much experience and there was so much that he'd endured that he was able to help Those young guys along with now, really, your veteran is Michael Pittman Jr., and he has a lot of weight to carry on his shoulders of being the voice, being the guy. He's the dude in this room right now. Obviously, Ashton Doolin is a veteran, too, in there, but I do think that this all goes on to Pitt. Previously, it had been kind of shared between Pitt and Paris, and they'd been able to balance each other out in their different leadership Mm -hmm. type of styles. This is Michael Pittman's room to rule now.
0: Yeah, Pittman... Pierce, Doolin, like you said, Mike Strawn. Uh, we'll see what else happens here in the offseason at wide receiver, whether that's undrafted free agency, free agency that's still ongoing as we get ready to head into the second week or the draft and, and see if Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard can bolster that uh, offensive unit with more wide receiver depth. Uh, we'll close with this. You know, the Colts still have some in-house free agents, some names like we talked about, Unique Ngakwe, not sure – you know, what, um, you know, his future is with uh, uh, the Abukam signing, like we talked about, J.J., Rodney McLeod, uh, Matt Pryor, any other names on the in-house list that we should still be talking about in terms of those guys having a decently hot market going into the second week of free agency?
2: And just in general, once you get into the second week of free agency, you're going to see, um, you know, more. It's going to go slower. Like, guys are going to start taking visits and – It's just going to move at a a slower pace than it did this week. But, yeah, you kind of hit all those, you know, interested to see what happens with Rodney McLeod Jr., uh, if the Colts are interested in bringing him back. He didn't sign last year until April. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think I just saw on his Instagram he was in Hawaii, so enjoying a little uh, time away. (laughs) Congrats to the McLeod family for getting away and not being here in Indianapolis right now. Speaking
1: of getting away and not talking about free agents, thankfully, but congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, JT yeah. got married just a couple of days ago. Maybe yeah, congratulations. Last week. So
0: Was yeah. it a destination? Thing it was. Saw? That's it cool. was,
1: yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, fun little off-season Yeah, the Taylors.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see what the market is for some of the in-house free agents for the Indianapolis Colts. Elsewhere, guys that are still out there, good stuff as always. Working OT overtime, Lara Overton and J.J. Stangovitz. Lara, I know the Hoosiers play later on tonight. <laughs> Uh, JJ, congratulations to your Mizzou Tigers winning their first NCAA tournament game since when?
2: 2010 when I was a senior in college at Mizzou. Who
0: they got now? Who's uh, next in the Princeton? Bracket? We oh. got Caden uh,
2: Pierce and the Princeton Tigers. Oh, yeah, Alec Pierce's younger yeah. brother. Yes. Yeah. yes,
0: yes, he made some clutch uh, shots two down cl- the stretch. Two
2: clutch free throws to sink Arizona. That was cool. Yeah. Alec was going nuts at the game. <laughs> he was. Uh, he and his family were all there, and they were all just losing their
0: minds. And rightfully so. The Princeton Tigers, man. What a draw they get not having to face Arizona, but they do get. What a draw they get. They have to face the Missouri Tigers. Tigers. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. Uh, Good luck to you and your brackets. Good luck to you guys balancing basketball and football free agency the rest of the weekend. And when news happens, when things break regarding the Indianapolis Colts, come on back. Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and we'll chat it up here on the Colts audio network. Again, for Lara. JJ, I'm Matt. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon on another installment of Overtime. So long.